You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about everything team captain. So coaches, you ever wonder about strategies to picking your captain or what? what is it? What makes the best captain for your team? What are the responsibilities of a captain? What, what are some things you should be made aware of uh, when making this decision? So today, we're going to dive into the captain position and uh, talk all about it. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 148 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball. Hope everyone's doing well. If you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. You know how much I appreciate you guys. Uh, and the goal just like every episode, is to deliver something of value, something tangible, step-by-step strategy that you can take back to your gym and apply right away. And I'm hoping today uh, I'm able to do that for you. All right, so we're going to talk about the captain position. And, um, you know, this this episode actually, uh, there is a, there's an athlete, I think it was an, I think he's, I think he's an athlete. His name is Barry Vo. If you're, if you're listening to this, Barry, um, you reached out and you asked about the the job of a captain, the role of a captain. It got me thinking that I, don't, I haven't actually done an episode diving into the the position of the captain. And you know, as coaches, that is that is a significant. That's an important decision. It really is, and it's something that uh, if you if you don't take it seriously, it could really hurt you. And I, I'm speaking from experience because. I have unfortunately made poor decisions in selecting uh, captains in the past, and it's it's come back to it came back to bite me, bite me really badly actually. So we've well myself and the coaching staff, you know, we've definitely developed strategies on selecting a good team captain because it's an important role, and it could it could have significant ramifications for the the success of your team. If you don't take it seriously and things like that, so let's 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 dive into this this captain position. And before we get into the intricacies and strategies, let's just talk about what they do. So for for uh, rookie coaches, you know here here's what a captain does. Very simply put, they are responsible for the coin toss. So they are they get the the referee blows the whistle, calls the captains over for the coin toss. Everybody shakes hands, welcome, and then they go. Now, normally the visiting team, if if this is a league play, the visiting team will uh, will call heads or tails, and they go call heads or tails. If they win, they get to choose. So that captain gets to choose either whether they're going to serve or receive, or they can choose what side they want. Now, normally they're going to choose whether or not they want to serve and receive. And again, this is again this is a very general statement, but I find that the at the younger age group, the the more obvious choice is to serve. They want to start off serving because in the younger age group, the best serving team uh, generally wins, and then they can pick their best server to go first. 
At the older age group, you'll find teams, they want to receive first because they get an opportunity to score the first point. Get off, you know, start the game with a bang, start the game with momentum, things like that. Okay. And then choosing side is the, is the other one. So normally uh, captains will choose either they, if they want to serve or receive. And then the other captain gets to choose what side they want to start off on. In that case, you just have to, you know, at the at, a, at the higher level, there's no advantage or disadvantage to either side. But sometimes when you play in other gyms that may have objects in the way or structural things that might get in the way, then picking a side may actually be, you know, advantageous if you're picking a side that doesn't have anything to, you know, interfere with the with your the the ball, your your teams, you know, maybe the lighting's different, maybe there's an object, who knows? So. That is only when picking a side actually uh, actually matters. Okay. Now, in some in international play, uh, liberos are not allowed to be captains, uh, but in in Canada, U.S., uh, your libero can be a captain. And the reason why they, you know, international play, they don't want your libero to be your captain, is because they are not on the floor all the time. Now, generally speaking, there's a differentiation here. You have your team captain and you have your floor captain. Those are those can be two different things. Now, generally, your team captain will be your floor captain because what the floor captain is is the player that is on the floor that is going to be made aware to the head official and they're the only ones that can have a conversation with the official after the play is dead and you know we have, we're waiting for server in the middle um, of a point. So they're the only ones that can. Now the reason that there could be the difference between floor captain and real cap and team captain is because let's say for example your team captain isn't starting or isn't playing or gets subbed out. Well, if your team captain is not playing, you have to assign a floor captain. And you have, and the and the officials gonna, they're normally gonna be right on this. As soon as they see the captain's not on the floor, they always look to the coach and say, "Who is your floor captain?" And then the floor captain will have to put their hand up to indicate to the uh, the, the head official who they are, and that is your floor captain. Okay, and normally at the at the international play too, the captain has to have a stripe on their jersey, and it generally goes below the number. Okay. So, that's a little bit of, of what the captain does in terms of the volley, like volleyball importance. They're also normally the first one. Uh, again, this is more league play. But if you're in a league play where you, there's a national anthem involved or you're shaking hands prior to the match, the team captain is always the first one in that line. So when the officials blow the whistle for teams to shake hands, the team captain will lead their team and be the first to shake hands, and then they continue all the way through. Okay, so that's a little bit of logistics for the team captain, in case you weren't aware of it. But now let's get into the nitty gritty of things that you should consider when selecting a team captain. And the first thing that I want to mention is the responsibility on the court. So your team captain, I don't know if you know this, but coaches are not allowed to interact with the head official. <clears throat> it is not practiced. I don't I don't know if it's against the rules per se. It probably is, but it's not 
practice for the if the head coach and the head official, the R1, to be communicating back and forth. Because you're going to be yelling, you know, yelling across, and that's not, you know, that's not really efficient. It's not good for anyone. It's not effective. So your floor captain, they're the only ones that are allowed to talk to the official. That's it. It's interesting, right? Now that in itself is, is important because that means that your floor captain has to be able to articulate what you want to make aware to the R1, the head official. So let's say, for example, that you know something happens in the game that you disagree with, that you want to make aware to the head official. Well, you have to now tell your captain to go talk to the head official, and you communicate very quickly what you're trying to, what you want to say. And normally, if it's something you know where it's where you're talking about the rules or the play or whatever, you know that takes some time to explain to your captain what you want to say to the head official. But you don't have the time to do that. You know, you'll get you get you get a yellow card, delay a game. Your captain has to go right away and plead your case. So this is why it's important to have a conversation with your captain. And your captain and you have to be on the same page. So you have to sit down with your captain and go through all the typical scenarios that could happen in a match. And the more experience you have as a coach, the better you're going to be at this. So you have to you have to sit down and they have to know the rules. They have to know the rules inside out because that's the only way they're going to be able to plead their case to the up official is knowing the rules. So things like double contact, the catch and throw, you know, net violations, um, you know, so many like penetrating over, over the net, you know, there what normally it's the interpretation ones you have to be aware of, you know, it uh, could be things like you know, players, I don't know, what else? What, there, there's so many con- controversial things that can happen. Maybe, <clears throat> you know, a, 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 a linesman called it out and, the, and, and when it was really in and, the, and the, the head referees overruling them, you know, you might want an explanation. There's a lot of different things that could happen. But the captain is the voice. And we have to make be very careful with that. So here's some things that you have to remember too as a coach. Okay. This is what the captain can do when they talk to the when they talk to the referee because only they're allowed to. They can ask for an explanation on the application or interpretation of the rules. Okay. So that's that's an important point there. You can ask for an explanation on the application or interpretation of the rules. So you can't go to the uh, the, the head official and say, how is that a double? It's not a double. Well, a double contact is an interpretation made by the up official. So what you ha- what you, the only thing you can do is, I'm looking for an explanation on the rule that you called, and they have to give an explanation. They're going to say, he, in my interpretation, that was a double contact. And there's nothing you can do about that. Okay? So that is, the, the only thing you can do, actually, is if the game captain... If your captain does not agree with the explanation of the official, then your captain can choose to protest against such decision and immediately indicate it to the referee that he or she reserves the right to record an official protest on the score sheet at the end of the match. 
Now, does this happen very often? No, because it never goes anywhere. But that is something that the captain can actually do. So just, again, just to be aware of it, okay? Um, the captain can also ask for authorization to change, you know, part of the equipment or all the equipment to verify positions of the team, okay, to check the floor, the net, the ball. Okay, the captain can do that, all right? Now, this is, this is another interesting one. I don't know if you know this, but if in the absence of a coach, unless the team has an assistant coach, who you know overtook the coach's functions or jobs because maybe the coach got a, a red card or double or a red yellow he got a you know he got a eliminated from the game well the captain can actually request timeouts and substitutions all right so they can do that if there's no coach available so that's some things now at the end of the game the captain also signs the score sheet to ratify the result to make it official okay all right so that's something that's really important the captain has to know the rules they are they are you on the court when it comes to interacting with the officials and they got to know the rules and these conversations you have with your captain are very important you have to have them and you have to go through scenarios because when in the game when these scenarios happen there should be no question. There should, the captain shouldn't even have to come and talk to you about it. It should be fluid. That they can have the conversation with the official, and then they don't even have to come back and tell you what's going on. All right, unless, of course, you're really interested and you want to know, they may come back and say, hey, you know, unfortunately, this is what he said, and it didn't work. No problem. And I even take it to a level where I teach, our, every year I teach my captain how to interact with the official by being respectful coming from a position of humility, but also getting your point across effectively so that you make sure that officials are held accountable. Because there are a lot of times officials, sometimes, and, and no disrespect to officials, but sometimes officials are creating things up. Like they're, they're, they're making things up. I'll give you an example. We were at an away game, at an away, take this, an away game. Now it was in the middle of a week, this was years ago, and they didn't have a lot of fans, okay? We had some fans in the, in the arena, and the home team didn't have a lot of fans. And our fans were making a lot of noise. They were cheering, they were blowing their horns and things like that. And the coach of the other team told the official that that's not allowed. They can't be blowing that horn. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't like a electric horn or anything. It was like a, a blow horn you hear all the time in volleyball matches. Okay, you blow through it and make some noise. It was a noise maker horn, whatever. And the official came to my captain and said that we have to remove that that spectator because I guess the 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 the, the down the, the coach from the other team said that no, that spectator is not with us. Now the officials came over and told me that we have to do something about that. I said, excuse me? First of all, I have no control over who is in the audience. It is not my job to tell people in the audience to leave. That is, you can do that with the host team's staff if you feel that it's unsafe or they're doing something disrespectful or whatever the case is. Mind you, they weren't. They were doing something completely legal by cheering and blowing it to a horn. Those horns are annoying, yes, but... It was nothing illegal against the rules. 
And they tried to say that that's not allowed, and they created. So I, I, I again, I, I, I was really, really taken back, and I was like, wait a minute. So what's the problem? It's too loud. So I asked them, like, if there was ten thousand fans in here, and the arena was too loud, would we be kicking all ten thousand fans out because it's too loud? I mean, you may be shaking your head that they said it's too loud because I was too, and I had to plead my case for them to say, "Are you kidding me?" And I would have protested that, but they, nothing happened. It was fine. Moved on. At the end of the day, it wasn't it wasn't the reason we were gonna lose or win, but it was just it was just very very frustrating that that's what they did. So, a story for you there. Don't get taken advantage of because you don't know the rules, and you don't have the confidence to plead your case. Your captain has to have that. I know my example there was kind of like me talking, but they went to my captain. My captain didn't know what to do, so then, so then I got involved. Even though technically I shouldn't. It should be the captain and them, but I still did. So they are the coach on the floor. Now, they have more power to interact with the referee than you do, which I mentioned, um, and you got to teach them. The other thing, too, now this is, again, so far, I've been talking for a long time about one big point here, and I hope I haven't been boring you because these are important things to know. The second thing is, is that you don't need your best player to be the captain. A lot of coaches think that whoever the best player is, they're automatically the captain. Your skill set is not enough to be the captain. Now, that, that I'm not saying you, you pick, you know, the 10th or 11th best player in your team to be a captain? No, not at all. It has to be a player that has impact on your team in terms of skills. Don't get me wrong, without a doubt. But it doesn't have to be your best player. It has to be a player that exemplifies the skills, yes, but also is a reflection of the, of the culture of your team. The identity of your team. You know, I've talked about on this pod before about when you create your volleyball manual, your handbook, I want you to have pillars. And these pillars are the are the guiding attributes of your team. You know, things like integrity. Here, here are some of mine, for example. Integrity, humility, responsibility, effort, toughness. These are things that our captain has to have. And if they don't, and they can't be captain. Well, to be fair, they shouldn't be on the team, but you know they, they can't be captain. So it's not necessarily your best player, okay? But it's someone that has it exemplifies the skills and the attributes of the culture of your team. They also have to have leadership skills, the ability to lead, which, believe it or not, ties into some of the things that I was just talking about. They have to have the confidence to lead, they have to have the ability to communicate with their teammates effectively when delivering good news and delivering bad news. Okay, it's, it's, it's not enough that they're the friends, or they're the teammates. They have to be more than that. Okay, another point, and just as important, they have to have the respect of the team. If the players don't respect them, they will not be an effective captain. Okay, and that comes with leadership skills. That comes with integrity, the ability to articulate themselves and communicate. <clears throat> they have to be caring. Yes, they got to care about their teammates, have some compassion, and be able to show that. They got to be all of these things. They have to have that effort. So all of these things are important in terms of being a quality leader. And I'm sure many of these things you already know. 
Okay, this is not the point of this podcast because you. I know, I'm just reminding you guys because you already know. You have to now. This is this is a big one, and this one's bitten me up before. You have to be able to trust your captain. You and your captain are going to have a different relationship, and you have to be able to trust them because they're the second coach. They're the ones that have a different relationship with the players than you do. They're the ones that may know a little bit more than you do. And you have to trust that they will take that information about their teammates and their team, whether the all the good and the bad, and anything that needs your attention, you have to trust that they will bring it to your attention. You have to trust that they'll also be able to handle things on their own. If a player steps out of line and you're not made aware of it you have to trust that they're gonna be taking care of that problem you know we have i have a fantastic captain on our team this year and there are things that happen that i don't know about because he takes care of them there are problems that happen on the teams you know someone may do something on social media that undermines the team or is not a good look on our team and instead of bringing it to my attention, he dealt with it. He got them to take it down and addressed it with the team. Again, and I, st- I didn't even know about it. He ended up telling me about it later on. but And I was okay with not knowing about that. Because I trust him. Because he exemplifies the pillars in our program. And because of that, he's able to do wonders. And I know that if there's anything that he can't solve... Or, he, or there's anything that I need to be aware of, he'll come and tell me. And that is a true captain, okay? So a lot, there's a lot, to, a lot to dive into there, but that trust is so important. And remember, you are going to be talking to this captain probably more than every other player on your team. So you have, to, you have to connect with this captain too, believe it or not. That connection, that trust, you have to be able to, if you don't have trust, or if you don't connect with your captain, this this can be a problem, because you're gonna because you because they have to feel comfortable coming to you, and you have to have a special relationship, and, and it's um you know, it's something that only you'll know, okay. And I made the mistake, I made the mistake of choosing the best player as the captain years ago, and unfortunately, the best player, well to be fair, he shouldn't have even been on the team, but. He was a great player, and but his character just wasn't there. His character wasn't there, and there was no trust between me and this player. And the relationship, you know, we, we didn't have that connection that the captain and coach needs to have, and it hurt us more than helped us because he would then be complaining with the players. Instead of solving a problem, he would be complaining with them and, you know, being like not taking that leadership role and then rather some in some cases blaming the coaches for things and that's a big no-no right he's he's an extension of the coaches not a part of the problem so anyways that can happen okay um another thing you know you probably want to have someone with experience in your program because you can't have a rookie be the captain because they have to know a little bit about your culture a little bit about you and and that comes at at least after one season so you definitely want to have someone with experience in the program to be your captain, okay? Um, Your captain's also going to be organizing things with the team off the court. 
So your captain's going to probably start a group chat with the team for like a players only chat. They're going to, when they feel that they need to, you know, maybe have a team thing, they'll have a team thing. And our captain has invited players to, to his house. They've done team things on their own, organized team dinners, bowling, whatever. Team things with no coaches, just the players. Okay. So they're going to be the ones doing that. Now, you may have heard on previous episodes uh, this thing called the Leadership Council. And the Leadership Council is basically a group of leaders on your team that meet once a week to discuss leadership things. You know, any concerns I need to be aware of, how is the team doing, chemistry, morale, things like that. That's a Leadership Council. One ideal that I know coaches play with is having the team vote for a captain. Okay. Now, there's one of two things. One, it could be great because it, you know that that player is, is voted by the captains, or sorry, by the players. So they already respect them. They have a relationship with them. They're, they're going to be fine. But what if that player doesn't have the rest of the things we talked about when it comes to dealing with, the, with us, with you as a coach? What if they, they don't know all the rules? What if they don't have the ability to articulate themselves? or communicate effectively. You know, there's a lot of, what if they don't have that trust? And this is why I say the captain should be chosen by the coach. Now, you may have the team vote for a top three, and then you make the final decision. You can do that, right? You can have the team nominate people that they want to be captain, and you can have that. You can nominate someone too. Like you, You could have that whole thing, but at the end of the day, you need to choose the captain because of the amount of communication and the relationship you're going to have with this captain. And as much as I trust my team, I trust my judgment as well. And I got to be the one making that last call because that's a big decision, huge decision. And you as a coach, you genuinely know who the players gravitate towards you know if the players respect this this captain or not. Like if you don't, you need to be more in tune with your team because you generally know that. So one of the ideas, though, and I don't want to shy away from this idea. It was a great idea. Is is like create a job description. Um, we talked about this on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Uh, JP was the one who, who mentioned it. So you want to create a job description. You guys can do this as a team. As a team, you create a job description, basically saying, okay. What are the top qualities that we want in our captain? What do they need to have? And you, and you list those qualities. And then they can nominate players that they think exemplify those qualities. And then normally they vote. And then whoever gets the most votes, that's your captain. I would mix this up a little bit. Let them nominate, and then you make the right decision. You make the decision. If you want to go along that way. Um, but I do like the idea of coming up with a job description as a team of what the captain, the qualities of a captain and what they should have, um, because it, it, it's kind of cool because you could chime in there too. You could put your things, your attributes, and they could put theirs and you, you should find generally you'll come to the same conclusion of the people that you that should be there. Okay. So this is, these are, this is the role of a captain. I told you, it's a really important, really important job. Um, and they have to. They have to have these things. Uh, I will let me let me add one more to this. Okay, one more to this. Adversity. They're going to be faced with a lot of adversity, and their players 
are going to be faced with a lot of adversity. They have to be mentally tough enough, mentally strong, to be able to cope with their own adversity and at the same time help their teammates with their adversity and be there to support them, to encourage them, to push them. Right? I, I'm not saying to it's always nice rainbows and smiles and all that stuff, but they have to be able to push them in the right direction. They have to know their players to that level that they can do so as their captain and still maintain that level of respect. <clears throat> so that'd be the final thing is to be able to encourage their teammates, you know, especially during tough moments, okay? Deal, be mentally tough. And again, don't get me wrong, everyone goes through mental skills training. Everyone has mental, uh, you know, mental health issues at some point in time. The captain can come to you when they need help with that. So when the players have their mental struggles, they can go to the captain as well as you. Don't get me wrong, but the captain needs to be there to support them. Okay, so these are these are all in all. This is what what we're talking about when it comes to a captain. So let's just recap. Okay, captain's job. We have the coin toss, determining serve receive or side. They sign the score sheet. Okay. They also we talked about the the difference between a floor captain and a team captain. Remember, the team captain is the one who does the coin toss, signs the score sheet, etc. The floor captain is the player that is the only one that can communicate with the official. That's your floor captain. And if, you're, if, you're real, if your team captain's off the floor, then you have to designate a floor captain. And normally the floor captain in international play has a stripe under their number on the front of their jersey. But they're the ones that communicate. All right? They're also responsible for dealing with the referees, as we mentioned. So they can ask for an explanation on the application or interpretation of the rules. All right, so remember, you can't really argue double contact and catch and throws and all that stuff, but you can say, I want the, you're looking for the explanation of the application of the rule. And if you don't agree with that explanation, you may choose to protest against their decision, and you immediately indicate it to the first official that you reserve the right to record that official protest on the score sheet at the end of the match. Okay, a captain can do that. Captain can also ask to change any equipment, verify positions of the teams, check the floor, the net, the balls, etc. They can do all that stuff. When the, if the coach is absent, gets relieved for whatever reason, there's no assistant coach. The captain overtakes the coach's functions, and they can request a timeout and substitutions. Okay, and at the end of the match. The, t the captain signs a score sheet to ratify the result. Okay, so that's the, the, what, what the, the, the captain's responsibilities are in terms of volleyball. Now, they are the, since they're the ones that are interacting with the referee, they I, technically have more power than you do because they're the ones that are responsible for communicating with the referee. So they have to know how to speak to the referee. You got you to gotta teach them. How do you communicate effectively with the officials? How do you articulate this? And run through scenarios. Run through. And the more experience you are in this, the more your scenarios you'll have. But run through all the major scenarios that a captain could face with an official. So they are ready when that happens. When the official makes a call that the captain disagrees with, they already know because you've practiced. They already know how they're going to articulate their, their position, how they're going to argue, what we're going to get out of it, etc. Okay? And you got to teach them the rule book. They got to know the rules. Okay? 
You have to make sure that you trust this player. Your captain and you, your trust has to be so strong. And you have to trust that they're going to be able to handle things on their own as well as come to you when there's things that need to be brought to your attention. So you got to have trust. Because without that, you got nothing. You got to have trust. Now, they don't have to be the best player. Okay, They do not have to be the best player. But they need to be good enough where, you know, obviously they have the skill set and the team respects them. Okay, they have to be genuine, caring people. They have to know how to push the right buttons. They have to be able to motivate and encourage their teammates. And they have to be able to communicate effectively, which, by the way, are all traits of leadership. They have to be good leaders. Okay, they're also going to be organizing things off the court. You know, they got to players only group chat, maybe some dinners, some team outings, having them over at their place, whatever the case is. They're going to be doing that outside the court. They have to be able to be comfortable and confident to do that. Okay. Uh, I recommend someone with experience in the program, not a rookie. Someone that's been there, been around, know, knows how you do things. And as, as long as they've gone through one season, that should be sufficient. They're going to be the head of the leadership council. And we talked about the leadership council is a group of individuals who meet once a week with the coaching staff and talk about you know concerns, good, bad, whatever the case is for the team to keep that morale and chemistry alive. And we also you know explored the idea of creating a job description so everyone can chime in on the trait. What what are the good traits or good characteristics of a great leader, a great captain? Put it all out there and then nominate you know people who you think exemplify those qualities. But I did, like I said, at the end of the day, because you are going to have the most interaction with out of all the players is going to be with the captain, you should make that decision at the end of the day. Because as we mentioned, they're, they, they're responsible for a lot, a lot. And you got to be able to trust them and you have to be able to be comfortable with them. And if the team picks someone that you don't think you know you can trust or doesn't exemplify some of the leadership things that we talked about, doesn't know the rule book or may not be able to learn the rule book, you know, it's going to be a problem. So that's it. All right. I really hope you got some value out of today's episode in terms of dealing with a team captain and or not dealing, but rather helping strategies for selecting your captain and understanding what they're really responsible for. Um, and I probably forgot, I probably left some things out because we could talk about this for a while, but basically you get the idea. This is a, this, these are the main points that I want to address when it comes to the, the position of the captain. All right. Uh, let me know. Let me know if you like this episode. No, always feel free to reach out via Instagram, Brian Singh underscore Coach B. You can find me there, um, and we can you know reach out and let me know how, what you thought about it. Okay, that's it for me. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training, and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.